0: To ensure RaceFuels customers can have next day delivery, our stock of Racing Fuels is warehoused all across Australia and New Zealand. RaceFuels stock is available by distribution points in Sydney, Brisbane, Perth and Auckland. And of course our head office is based in Dandenong, Melbourne. RaceFuels distribute and deliver the drums to your workshop, tune house or racetrack. So even if you're in lockdown, we can get your fuel to you. Find out more at racefuels.com.au. Operators parked up in the garage. Wow, this has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There
1: are two parts of the story. Is all red flag. This is a suspended uh, race.
2: Hey, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rolly. I'm joined by Tony Dalberto for episode number. Can you believe it? 73 of this great little podcast. Tony D, how the hell are you,
3: mate? I'm brilliant. I'm good. I've got a mouthful of cashews. Um, mm-hmm. They taste amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: Chocolate um, coated? But
3: yeah, very. I don't know. Definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. You know I'd get my bum kicked for, for that sort of thing. Actually, I'm not even meant to be eating cashews, but I love them. Mm. They're amazing. Um, so very good. Great. I'm excited to be here. We've got a really good show. And I say that every week. I know. But every single week, Grant, you come up with these amazing guests and we've got so much to talk about, even though we're still parked up and we're not racing and Everyone knows the story, but Mm -hmm. uh, there was a little bit of racing and there's some big news, massive news.
2: Big news. So when you say there was racing, there was a Formula One race that had two laps behind a
3: safety car. We'll talk about that a little later. I said a little bit, a little bit of racing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and yes, some big news, big, big news in the supercars world. And uh, usually we put this pod out at 4 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. We record on a Monday. And we put it out at 4am but this time we're just going to delay it by a fraction to make sure that we get the big news in from supercars land and to help us tell that big news story it's going to be andrew van lewen all the way over there in the far far west who don't even like to call themselves part of australia anymore they've basically just put up a big fat wall and told everyone to stay out (laughs) but we're going to grab him we're going to go through the wall and we're going to talk to him About the big news that's happened this morning in supercars land. Uh, We'll also talk to him about that. Well, we'll just wait for the news. Just wait for it. We'll also talk about that farcical Formula One race. Mm. Two laps. Mm. Come on. Behind a safety car.
3: There's a lot of tired people today uh, that waited up hours for this epic Grand Prix. Waited forever. uh, Nothing happened. Anyway. Um, Look, look, let, let's uh, let's be real here. Mm-hmm. We're recording on Monday. The yeah, news isn't out yet. Doing. We are predicting the news. We are we are forging ahead with the rumor that Brock Feeney will fill the seat of Jamie Winkup, and we're going to run the pod as if this has happened and take a big punt. So if yes. it doesn't, if, <clears throat> well, if, it, if
2: no, but if it doesn't, if that means the we've the release comes with... tomorrow.
3: Yeah, and it's confirmed that Tony Delberto is replacing Jamie Winkup. Yep. Yeah. Then we have to re-record. We have to record. Yeah, we have to cool. re-record. Yep. <clears throat> At the
2: moment, um, we're just we're we're going to press on. We're we uh <laughs> we're going to press on with ABL telling us how Brock Feeney is doing it. If we have to uh, give it a big tweak, then you're going to find out real soon that there's a big <laughs> tweak. <laughs> Let's just bowl into the news and see what happens. And this is the news. The news is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. We thank them for their continued support. And it is great to have an ace from a faraway place join us for the news. It's Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com. Thanks for coming on, mate.
0: Hello, boys. I miss you. I miss your faces. This is a a nice... (laughs) We miss you too. I know. It's just it feels... I do feel like I really am in a faraway place at the moment, having not gotten a plane since Darwin or whenever it was.
2: You're so close, yet so far away.
0: I know, I know, and so many uh, sort of that's just that big that big wall. Like I just can't see over it at the
3: moment. I just can't see. I tell over you what, wall. you can't see over. You can't see over the smoke from the amount of like uh, meals that you're cooking on the barbie yes. oh. with ribs, and you know, ah, oh, it just looks so delicious every I weekend. I made I made chicken last
0: night. I love a I love a roast chicken. I love doing a chicken on the Weber. It's Me one of my too. absolute favorites. It's easy. And it's delicious and it's just, it's an absolute winner. So that is definitely a little, uh, that's something to sort of, um, you know, I've just got all these weekends at home these days. And I'm, <laughs> like, it's, so I'm like, I've got to do something with my time. Are you, so.
3: are you still married or what?
0: I am. I am. Oh, my, okay, wife's good. Vegetar- my wife's <laughs> vegetarian. So she doesn't always appreciate the hours that I spend slaving over the Weber. I think I'm doing, you know, something really nice for the family. And then she's like, well, that's great. Good on you.
2: Is, is there nice anything that you can that. put in the Weber that, is like a veggie sort of thing. Can you stick oh, an egg, mate, eggplant mate, in I there or something?
0: Some, yeah, I did some pumpkin, some pumpkin with a bit of cinnamon on it last night and some carrots and potato. You can cook all sorts of stuff in there. You can't right. eat it. I know, but it's I know something sort of primal about it, I guess. But I've seen your fire pit work as well, TD. So you're... Yeah, uh,
3: now that's good. But I haven't got the cooking skills, mate. Nah, so between you and Chad, easy. Chad and Aylon, yeah, you boys are taking lockdown to a new level.
0: It has it been makes, it has, makes me it
3: has, a drool every time.
0: It has been suggested that maybe we should start like a supercars related cooking show together Chad and I which I think would be great.
3: That would be
2: great. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. As long as we, 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 Tony and I can be there to eat the, uh, exactly. the fruits of all of that.
0: Yeah. The the best yes. part about the, the the reason I love like you know the sort of the low and slow cooking is because it takes forever. And you got to mm. sit there and man it and you know, you've got to stay hydrated while you're out there. You know, hot, you know, working around, you know, the hot fire and stuff. So it's just a great opportunity to have a couple of quiet refreshments on a Sunday and, uh, yeah, anyway, like I say, spare weekends. Good. Never had them before. All right. Got to do something with them.
2: Well, thanks for joining us for the news, at AVL, and we'll talk to you later.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Absolutely>. We've covered <laughs> off the important stuff. Perfect. Nothing but, else big is happening at the moment, so we no. might as well just talk about that.
2: Look, and there is some big stuff happening. Brock Feeney, this morning... Tuesday morning, announced as the new driver for Triple Eight Race Engineering, replacing Jamie Winkup in the number 8-8 Red Bull Ampole entry. An amazing opportunity for such a young fella.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's... it's- we've sort of known about it for a long time so it's hard to sort of feel it doesn't it's not a shock we sort of knew that's the way they were going to go there's been consistent references to wanting to get young talent into the car Roland danes made some comments about you know some other drivers not really fitting the profile they wanted because they want the next you know someone that's roughly the same age and level of experience as shane van gisberg and isn't what they wanted so they've got they've got their man you know he's unproven and it sort of feels you know in the main game and it kind of it feels weird in a way to go man he's going to have like the you know the the best seat in the category, but this is true to form for Triple Eight. This is only what the, the 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 second driver they've signed since two thousand and six. They took a punt on Jamie Wink up when he was not in an entirely dissimilar situation. He certainly wasn't hugely rated. He it seemed like a a very sort of you know um, it, it was. It was a different decision to make to go down that path back then, you know, to, to choose him as, as Craig Lowndes' teammate. And he went and won his first race. And, you know, the rest is history. So, um, yeah, they obviously, they've, Roland Dane's seen a lot of him. Jamie I've seen a lot of him. He spends a lot of time at Norwell driving cars. You know, he's driving for the team in Triple Eight. They obviously see the potential there for him to uh, to get out there and um, and win races and win titles for them. That's why they've signed him, you know, big, a lot of pressure comes with that role. Um, it's certainly a, a, a tough role for him to walk into, but it feels mm. like he's kind of been, been groomed for it for, for, for years now. You know, he's just been considered the next big thing since he was 16 years old uh, and here he is about to get his shot on the big stage as what the 19 year old when he, when he rolls out there next year. So remarkable opportunity, be fascinating to see how he goes. Um, yeah. What, what do you reckon TD like, from a driver's point of view? Can he walk in and be competitive straight away?
3: Uh, I think there'd be a stretch. I think if he did, it'd be quite incredible. Um, there's a pretty big jump from development series um, to the main series. I, I know I've been there. I've done that. And yeah, um, you know, he, he's not like he's got five years of uh, DVS under his belt or Super 2, I should say, uh, under his belt anyway. So, um, you know, you spoke about Jamie up and they did a similar thing with him, but Jamie already had a couple of years in the main game uh, with Tasman. and Gary Rogers, as well dumped him after, I think, half a year or whatever. So he was sort of a little bit seasoned, um, but Brock, you know, is definitely uh, fresh. And not to say that he's not talented and, you know, the right guy for the future, but it is a bit of a punt. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, Triple A, Roland Dane, all those guys that are making decisions, they're seeing what he can do in their equipment right now. So they're they're the ones that can uh, make the decision better than anybody else. So, um, like you said, huge opportunity for him. You know, all eyes are on him. You know, a bit of pressure on the the young kid to uh, take over from Jamie Winker, uh, of all drivers. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he rolls out. And um, we'll just have to play it by ear, I guess, and and see, you know, if he can live up to all the expectation that is around him, and uh, potentially the Brock name. That's what I reckon. I reckon yeah. he's <laughs> part of the decisions because he's got Brock in his name. I'm sure.
0: I'm sure that was number one on the list uh, uh, of you know when Roland Dane and Jamie Winkup were talking about this. But you know, you talk about the pressure. It's not just replacing Jamie up, it's going up against Shane Bear Gisbergen as well you know and I'm sure they're going to work very collaboratively together but you still you know the old saying is the first bloke you have to be is your teammate and he has to go up against the most informed guy in the category at the mate one of the best drivers one of the most versatile drivers on the face of the planet in any category who you know when he's motivated and this year he is very motivated is so hard to beat so hmm. that's a fairly sort of that's a daunting task ahead of him as well. But I guess the luxury that, that a team like Triple Eight has is that, like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't really matter. You know, like, if it doesn't work, are they going to struggle to find someone to go into that seat in 2023? I don't think so. You know, e- e- nearly but, every driver that's not driving for Triple Eight would love to be in there. Hmm. Um, so, I guess... I think
3: the, it'll work. I think it'll work. It'll just how long... I, I, do,
0: I, I do too. But what I, what, what I mean is that it's an easy gamble to take when you... yeah when you know that you can pretty much go back to the drawing board and take your pick of Mm. 25 other blokes if you want to, because everyone's going to go. Yeah, absolutely. I'll come and drive, drive for you guys. So they've kind of got that and it's not like they're not starting fresh with two drivers, you know, I'm pretty Mm. sure Shane Van Gisbergen is still going to be in race winning positions next year and and is going to be, you know, fighting it out um for the title so yeah look it'll be I guess what'll be interesting now is how the gen 3 rollout actually plays out because there's obviously a huge opportunity for um for Brock to do some to be involved in the prototype testing there and to get some early runs on the board which we saw you know Scott McLaughlin do before his you know before he moved into the main game with car of the future so that that's a big opportunity for Brock there but it depends on when ideally I think these prototypes would have been running around and Brock would already have a couple of months of testing Mm. in the gen three cars and be ready to hit the ground running next year. But obviously, you know, there's been all the delays, the well-publicized delays on that, but look, it's interesting. And I guess the good thing is, you know, it's nice to see fresh blood coming into the category. You know, we've heard so much about Brock, but this is a new name. This is a new face. um, And this is someone coming into a race winning seat. Um, Mm. So, you know, we could, you know, it, it, it presents that opportunity for us to see new winners and that's great. That's what we want to see. New faces doing well. That keeps things interesting and it keeps people tuning in. So, you know, from that perspective, a a really positive move.
2: So Jamie Winkup finished 10th in his first full season with Triple Eight. It was also the year he won Bathurst with Craig Lounds. He also won a solo race as well uh, at the Clipsville 500. And, um, you know, while the end result in that championship wasn't, um, was you know wasn't great probably the worst that Jamie's done throughout his entire career. It was yeah that that that's kind of where he ended up in his first season. Is is that kind of where it is, is a top ten championship finish acceptable for for Brock Feeney? You know in the in the modern world of supercars,
3: I think that'd be a very good result. To be honest, I think probably more likely to have some really shining races. Um, and, and maybe grab some podiums I think that's definitely possible but to be able to string a whole year together is probably maybe unrealistic especially against the guys the season campaigners that he's up against so if he finished top 10 in the championship then he will have had a very good year and there will have been some trophies along the way so what are your thoughts ABL?
0: Yeah, look, I think there's a couple of things to consider there. Like, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think, you know, top 10 is a fairly lofty target. There's just so few bad cars in the series now, yeah, you know, yeah. and if I think back to back to Darwin where, you know, Kelly Grove Racing were having a really tough weekend and we had, you know, Reynolds and Andre on the back row of the grid at some point, you know, once upon a time, drivers of that calibre could make up for not having a great, you know, there was they, they, they were just going to be better than someone. But now yeah. that's not that easy. There's not many bad drivers. And there's not many bad cars. And we talk about, you know, the amount of people that have to bring money and pay jobs, this sort of, that. you know, what the level is incredibly high. It's incredibly high and it's incredibly competitive out there. And you don't need to miss by much to look really average. So that's a challenge for Brock to overcome because you don't have to be missing much, particularly in qualifying. You don't have to be missing much to end up, you know, a long way down the grid. But, um, it was actually, I think it was in Darwin, uh, Jamie Winkup was in a press com- conference and he talked about, you know, uh, advice. It was a question wrapped around uh, Thomas Randall's, uh, you know, impending promotion to the main game. You know, what advice, Jamie, would you give to young drivers coming in uh, to their first, yeah, having their first full um, main game opportunity? And he said, you know, the advice is not so much about drivers, but it's about teams. Give guys time. Give guys a couple of seasons, give them mm-hmm. time to get into the swing of things. And obviously that's a fairly personal one for Jamie because of what he went through in 03 or uh, yep. whatever it was when he, you know, when, when he did get fired at the end of the season. But I think it sort of forecasts the thinking of what, where he's at and what he would like to see happen with, with, with his drive when he came out of it. So I think that, you know, they they, they there's a very good chance he's going to want to give Brock the time. And if he does end yep. up 15th, in the first year, I don't really think it's it's going to matter. And I talked about the fact they can always fling him at the end of the year if they need to. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. And I think even if he has a bad year, he'd get another one based on what Jamie said. He seemed quite passionate about the idea that, you know, you can't just expect guys to roll in and do mm-hmm. straight away. And If they don't it, then good. And he is the very best example of that because you know, after one year, someone thought he wasn't very good and he's Turned out to be the best we've ever seen in the category. <laughs> um,
3: so, Do you reckon know, if I, you were that person that made that decision, uh, Gary Rogers, um, you might just question some of your decisions? is um, well, Ga- famous for being the absolute
0: best talent spotter out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah he's yeah. also the guy that that chucked uh, chucked Jamie Wink up on the scrap heap. So it's kind Crazy. of a, it is an odd one, but yeah. Look, so I, I think top ten of the championship achievable, sure, but also equally he might not make it but hopefully it doesn't matter and he gets a good couple of years out. it we get to see how good he really is and yeah we'll. I, uh, I think one of the benefits will
3: be um you know with svg and uh jamie and craig around him he's got some guys that have achieved so much and they're probably willing to um help the next generation or the next young driver like brock um to actually try and progress a little bit quicker like if let's say somebody came in that was really going to challenge SVG um, had won a championship before then suddenly there might be this funny dynamic in the team. Um, but, you know, Shane's very comfortable, with his own skin. He's very, very clever on the racetrack and he knows exactly what he's doing. So it might just be a little bit more open to give Brock uh, a bit of a leg up and uh, you know, everyone would like to have Jamie Wink in their corner as well. So.
2: So this is the biggest uh, uh, driver signing, the biggest uh, uh, kingpin in the, uh, in the driver signing market in the silly season for 2022. AVL, how does the rest of the silly season play out now? Is it, um, is it just a lot of little re-signings here and there? Andre Heimgartner at Kelly Grove needs to, uh, need to get that deal done. I'm sure there's a couple of BJR guys who probably uh, don't have anything official done yet. What does the rest of the silly season look like?
0: Yeah, this is obviously the major domino, but again, it's sort of fallen exactly where we expected it to fall. So I don't know that it drastically alters um, the, the, the the scenario elsewhere. So you know, yeah. So Todd Hazelwood, he's yet to be uh, formally re-signed, but he certainly found a bit of form in Townsville, which I think will be fairly helpful in that um, in that process. So. I think it's fair to assume he he, he can just sort of um, carry on, carry on where he is there. Yep, as you mentioned, uh, Andre, Andre Heimgartner at KGR not yet locked in. Again, a fairly logical, um, you know, you, you could you could sort of say you could see him staying there. Particularly that a lot of investment to come into that team. I think it would potentially be a pretty exciting place to be for the next few years. Tickford's kind of the big one. You know, what are we going to see? happen with Jack LeBrock. He's struggled this year. He's out of form. Nobody's making any secrets about that. I think he needs to have a big end to the season um, if he's to retain that seat. Plus he's obviously got, um, there's commercial considerations there as well. So, you know, he's tied up with truck assist. He needs to ensure that I think if he wants to keep that seat, that that deal keeps going. Um, But yeah, I think you could definitely cast a bit of a question mark over over, you know, exactly how Tickford lines up uh, next year beyond Cam Waters and uh, and Tommy Randall. Um, James Courtney is probably going to depend on the boost money, but, you know, that's probably going to continue. So, yeah, some question marks there. Uh, and I guess that'll all sort of play out as the season goes on. The hard thing is that we're kind of, if teams are waiting on things like, you know, to see how a driver can turn his form around and this sort of stuff, you know, and we could talk about, a Bryce Forward in that, in that context, we could talk about Jack LeBrock. Um, you know, we could talk about, you know, but particularly for Townsville, you know, Todd Hazelwood to some extent as well. It's so difficult because we're just not racing. Mm, so, you mm. know, you're kind of, and- it's very hard to kind of, if, if you're a team go, you know, you can look at the commercial considerations of these guys, but you know, if, if there is an element of tick for going, geez, I'd like to see Jack tick a few more boxes before we re-sign him. He's just not getting that opportunity at the moment because, there's
3: no one driving around racetrack. Hey, Bill, um, I, I want to question that because we are going sim racing, mate. Oh, so sorry. surely they're making decisions based off that.
0: Yeah, I, I I, think I think so. I think that's what it yeah, all, nah, it all nah, boils nah.
3: down to, for sure. No, no, jokes aside, though, what if this championship doesn't run entirely this year and we see them try to run some rounds into next year? How does that go with... Uh, Resigning drivers, resigning sponsors, the whole caper.
0: Well, it won't happen. And they tried to do it last year. Remember, you know that there was going to be a split season, and they actually announced it. Yeah, this is our calendar. We're going to bleed into 2021, and then teams started going. Uh, hang on a second. Nah, doesn't quite work like that because we've got this deal that ends on December 31st, and this deal that ends on December 31st, and this deal that ends on December 31st. And yeah, as much as we're all being as flexible as we can, we can't just start you know, doing stuff in the new year. So
3: I think- nah, that it doesn't the- make sense, but we're, we're in a bit of trouble at the moment though. And I would have thought, um, you know, if some rounds get cancelled and we don't get to do all the rounds for the championship, a supercar is going to be forced to have to try and catch up next year.
0: I think that would be an absolute last case scenario, but um, yeah, not nothing is impossible at the moment. Absolutely mm, nothing. Yeah. You just can't say, oh, that'll never happen, but I think it's fairly mm. unlikely. I think it it's interesting to see where the season does go from here because um, we did a roundtable with John Seema last week and he talked about the fact Oh, that,
3: Grant, another one that we didn't get invited to. Yeah, yeah. sorry.
0: Sorry, boys. Um, that's why Christ. you need to get me on here to, 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 to bring all <laughs> the hot goss from these uh, from these meetings. Um, the, um, the So, you know, he talked about the fact that there, there's still... They, they still want to go racing in Victoria and they still want to go racing in New South Wales. Now Bathurst just has to happen in some way, shape or form. I think we can pretty safely assume that's going to be in early December. It can't be any later than the first two weekends in December because then it runs into the ashes and channel seven doesn't want to clash with the ashes and with the Bathurst 1000. So I think we can, assume- we
2: don't want it to clash with the ashes either. No,
0: no, no. I don't want to be working on an ashes weekend. I can assure you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, so we can pretty safely assume that's going to end up being the final round uh, or not, sorry, not necessarily the final round, but that's going to, Bathurst 1000 will move to December. It's what they do to get the other four rounds away. That's kind of fascinating. Now, you know, Sean is saying he feels there's more certainty in the States that are currently dealing with COVID outbreaks because they've kind of got nothing to lose. So once they hit their vaccination rates, they're just going to open up because, you know, in New South Wales and Victoria, there's probably going to be no other choice and there's going to be nothing to lose they're going to have to see out these outbreaks until those vaccination numbers hit, and then they can open up. So he's sort of saying, well, we mm. can actually see the pathway to going racing in those places later in the year because they're going to open up, whereas places like Queensland and South Australia and Western Australia and Tasmania the Northern Territory, maybe it's not that simple because those states, even when they hit vaccination rates, have still got to, you know, it's inevitable, but at some point they're going to have to roll out the welcome map to new infections and it might take them a while to wrap their heads around that, you know, and, mm. and, and, to the way that they sort of set that up politically um, may take some time. So we could see the things are actually open um, particularly to other States in Victoria and new South Wales much faster. And that's, that's supercars theory. They really want to race in Victoria. That's a really, they haven't done a lot of racing apart from Sandown earlier this year in Victoria over the last couple of years. I think there's a yep. few for that one there's Um, deals with the Victorian government there's also you know six teams based in Melbourne and those teams have really copped the raw end of the pineapple through most of the you know um, having to deal with lockdowns and border border restrictions and that sort of stuff so I think there's a bit of giving back to those teams and trying to do as much racing on their doorstep as possible so to me the, the smartest well that's not the smartest to me I would say the obvious thing to do would be get the Melbourne teams out, get Brad Joe's racing out of New South Wales, do a double header at the Bend, do a double header at Queensland Raceway. You've bowled over your four rounds and then start thinking about how you do the Bathurst 1000. Yeah, the championship might be over. It doesn't matter. You're going to Bathurst. You've still got something to sort of to sort of sell. It doesn't matter if there's a bit of a gap until that. You sort of build everything out this big finale at Bathurst. But, you know, the, the category for better or for worse is committed to trying to race in Victoria and New South Wales and basically finish the calendar almost as it's meant to be, but... Without the uh, without the Gold Coast
2: well we'll wait and see how it all pans out and uh, it's a, a little bit of a shame but it's if five rounds can happen at the end of the year with that first weekend of December being the last the last race at Bathurst, then it's going to be uh, a lot of supercars racing jammed into a uh, quite a small Period. Um, let's uh, move on from supercars and let's have a think about um, some Formula One racing that um, tried to happen last night. How,
0: how long did you last, boys? What time it, did you call? It?
2: I was uh, one one fifteen a.m. I was so excited to see these cars pump around in like horrific conditions, and it's probably for uh, for the livelihood of these. Um, these Formula One drivers, um, and for the sake of their torsos and legs and arms. livelihood or just lives? Lives, that's what I meant. <laughs> um, yeah, it was probably best that they didn't do it. Um, no, but no, uh, no. I know, I wanted to see no. them race, and that's why I waited oh, up until quarter past lives. one in the morning.
3: I, I waited until I think it was uh, five past 11 when they said, we're going to have to delay the start, and I said, oh, I'm out. I'm done.
0: <laughs> no, oh, staying, no staying power for teeth. Uh, he's not as used to late nights as Grant and I are no
3: that's right I have to get up much earlier and Grant uh, you can attest to that because I text you almost every day on my way to work with ideas and things and Mm. you don't respond for a couple of hours (laughs) yes well you're texting me at like 5am it's a joke Grant's only been out of the sim for about
2: an hour by that point he's only (laughs) just gone to bed Um, uh, to run two laps AVL and award half points what's your take
0: Look, it's not great. Um, the rules say they can do it, so they did it. Look, I kind of think – I was thinking about this a lot today. I, even I gave up last night. I had a two-hour head start on you, blokes. But um, I sort of don't think that the fact they didn't race is the big issue. You know, the fact everyone's saying, well, you know, they should give fans their money back or they should have raced on the Monday. Like cricket has rain delays and they just, just call it, you know, if you can't race – if you can't compete, you can't compete. The sport can't happen. The sport can't happen. But I still just don't get why the sport can't happen. I don't get why they didn't send him out behind the safety car for a while and then just let him go racing. It's wet. It's hard. You can't see much. You have to drive heaps slower. But
3: yeah, true. that's
0: what it is. That's what racing in the rain is. Look, Tony, you grew up racing in Victoria, you know, karts and cars and stuff. You would have raced in some horrendous conditions before, I'm sure.
3: Well, I I've think a... it's, uh, it's
2: amazing uh, down here. It's amazing conditions I think conditions back to
3: TCR conditions at Phillip Island earlier this year. That was that was pretty bad. That was pretty treacherous.
0: Yeah, treacherous. And you, and you guys went racing. But if that was a form of the Ford race at Phillip Island, guess what they would have done? They would yeah. have set them out and gone racing with a bunch of fifteen-year-olds in their third car <laughs> race. Doesn't matter. These are the Look. best drivers in the world in cars with tons of downforce, great tires, all these fancy electronics to help them deal with this stuff you know, buttons to help them keep the brakes warm, all this sort of stuff. And they they can't go racing. And to me, that's what, nothing is more damaging to the sport than the drivers on the radio going, we can't race in this. We can't do this. You know, it's like people watching go, hang on a minute. And I understand the physics of why open wheels are different to normal cars. But when people drive their normal cars down the freeway in the rain, it's not a good look when these guys don't go racing. And you could really hear, you could hear Martin Brundle a few times. He's you could tell he just wanted to tee off about it, and he couldn't. And he made a couple <laughs> of little comments about going. Well, I've to be careful here because you know I get accused of being too blase about safety and that sort of stuff. But you could tell he just wanted to go, mate. We used to drive these things with fully manual gearboxes, three pedals, crappy tyres, nowhere near as much downforce, and we used and a thousand horsepower from turbo motors. And we used to just go out there and race these things in the rain. Yeah. That's what you do. So no no
2: halos or amazing side intrusion.
0: Yeah, I don't, I really, I really just don't, I I don't fully understand. I get, I'm not saying I want to see crashes or I want to see people hurt. Obviously I don't want to see any of that stuff, but just drive to the conditions and go racing. It wasn't, it wasn't raining. Like It was consistently raining, but I've seen. AVL,
3: would you be, would you like to be in the position that Michael Mass is in making those calls? I mean, no, if he had said okay let's go racing yeah and there was a massive shunt someone bloody got hurt
0: then he'd be like i understand i understand entirely but i think we've not not us but there's been this culture of not racing in the rain cultivated at formula one level
3: Mm. Mm -hmm. you know
0: and it's become like nascar oh it's raining well we can't go out oh we have to start behind the safety car and all this sort of stuff you know and to be honest, they actually went and tried to do it in Budapest, and they all had a massive shunt. Like these blokes yep. literally have forgotten how to drive in the rain. You know, <laughs> cool, like just schoolboy errors of breaking way too late in the in the conditions by two drivers. You know, by two experienced drivers. So, you know, maybe I mean, there is a point that these guys. Are, but it just feels like there's this culture of not racing in the rain. Like why they why do they even take wets to the to the track? Like, <laughs> I, I I get what you're saying, and I don't want to be in Massey's position, but I don't think the sport should be in the position where they are just so risk averse that they will not that they will not go out in in the rain. It's hard driving race cars. Even I've done it. I've I've driven Formula Fords in the wet. I hated it. I was terrible at it. It's terrifying. But these guys are the best in the world. They should do it, you know. We've had cancellations in Surbit. What was it, Gold Coast a few years ago? That was torrential, you know. That at some point you have to go right. You just can't drive in those conditions. But
3: well, I think that if you look at that Gold Coast race, the weather was terrible. But it was also we had no light and yes. there was yeah, no that, lighting that, set that up. Was another to... issue, but
0: that was and the rain there that was
3: tropical. Never down- seen that before. We've,
0: we've seen that at, at Malaysian Grand Prix where you have tropical downpours.
3: Yeah,
0: there was a Japanese race that got postponed for the same reason I, I get that but this is I've been to Spa a few times and it has rained like that every single time I was there so mm. I, 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 I just fail to see how it was so far out of the ordinary that we ended up with a two lap race behind the safety cut I, I, well, I, I, I
3: just I, think they shouldn't award award points for it yeah you know, we didn't we didn't race you know like why I mean Sergio Perez crashed on the outlap which was um, like as a racing driver, the most embarrassing thing you probably do ever. I mean, yep. it, obviously, it was very slippery. Um, I've, I, I've actually had a very funny moment myself, Grant, many, many years ago where I Go spun it. it I spun at Oran Park in DVS on the way to the grid, over the dog leg, mind you. Oh, God. Um, yeah, back yeah, in those days, there wasn't, many, mine...
2: there, wasn't many cra- there wasn't much of a crowd sitting on the hill watching nah, that either.
3: Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> a friend of mine actually texted me yesterday and reminded me of that um so anyway the what i'm saying is even the best spin on the outlap but um he got no points and I, i just see that as a shame that they rewarded half points for guys sitting behind a safety car going around very slowly just for the sake of it they should have they're going to call the event or call the race then no points that's that's my thoughts on it anyway even um in qualifying you know they were carrying on but at uh, about yeah. norris's crash you know they shouldn't have been out on track at that point but there was 20 other blokes that didn't shunt, yeah totally. and yeah. you know norris like you're saying before it is slippery it is wet if you get it wrong there is consequences and unfortunately you know he had a moment and you know he shunted like you shouldn't just stop the session for that you know yeah. um anyway okay, it is a, a very hard thing very to do. difficult situation they should just let them, let them do
0: it you know these guys are meant to be the best it's just a it's a bad look forget about the points and this and that they shouldn't they should have just been out there driving around and it would have been spectacular these are the best races these are the ones that people sit up for
3: you know mm. these are yeah. the ones that
0: people sit there glued oh. to the whole weekend the whole build up on sunday was it's going to be a wet Belgian grand prix tonight and it's going to be excellent and <laughs> They're just so, like I say, it's just become, there's this culture of just, it's, it's, it's just NASCAR. It's just NASCAR. What? And even they race in the rain sometimes now. Like, they're, they're better at racing in the rain than Formula One is, which is baffling. I, I, I really, I really just don't understand it.
2: Yeah, it was a shame. And uh, I didn't even have uh, too many beers last night. In fact, I had zero beers and I woke up feeling terrible only because I didn't get enough sleep and I didn't get to watch a Grand Prix. It was woeful. AVL, we thank you so much for joining us on the Parked Up podcast for our news section. Tony D, we've got some uh, Stevie J to catch up with real soon. Uh, but in the meantime, AVL, it won't be too long before we uh, we catch up with you again.
0: Love you, boys. I'll speak to you later.
2: Cheers, <laughs> mate. Thanks. And we thank AVL for joining us in our news section. See, Tony D, absolutely no change. That's it. Brock Feeney is definitely part of the Triple uh, Eight program for 2022 and beyond, and that's just how it's going to go.
3: I'm so glad that he is because I didn't want to record another episode or an, another part of to this episode. So, <laughs> and uh, I, I guess it's great for Brock to be signed by Triple Eight too. But really, I'm just being selfish here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, huge news, and uh, you know, everyone's been saying for a very long time. And uh, finally, he can talk about it. Can you imagine being that age and having that news confirmed so long ago? It's probably been quite a while he's been sitting on this and not being able to tell anybody. They've done yeah. a pretty good job to keep people, you know, thinking that he was going to be part of it or, you know, the rumors flowing around, but not actually confirming it to anybody.
2: Yeah. I think Triple Eight actually did a really good job in the lead up to the announcement that has happened today. Uh, with, with uh, you know that little skit that they did with uh, Craig, mm. Jamie, Van Giers, Van Giers eat, eating burger rings off the floor after touching his feet. It's definitely something I've gross. done in the past. <laughs> That's, That's definitely, definitely something thing. I've done. That's something I've done in the past. Absolutely no doubt. Um, they also had that little, uh, that that little funny little bit where. Jamie said, all right, well, we're pleased to announce our new driver is, and Roland uh, cuts in and says um, cheaper. He's, he's cheaper, um, which is an absolute giveaway that it's got to be someone like Brock Feeney. because, <laughs> because Why? Oh, because, it, yeah. There's, well, you think he's going to get um, paid less than Jamie Winkum? I For sure, 100%. <laughs> Jamie Winkup can charge the amount that a seven-time winner can, a seven-time championship winner can charge. Uh, even hey, a, inter- even if it was an, if it had, if if they'd signed a big international star then mm. yeah even then yeah they they Roland couldn't have said that they were going to be cheaper anyway so it's awesome for Brock it wasn't great for us having to sit through a non grand prix that they awarded uh, half points no. for but whatever but whatever that's the news hey, the news is done right no let's it's get on done. to our guest let's yeah, get on that's to our guest
3: let's tw- we've got a big guest <laughs> Huge guest, huge guest. Stephen I We should say, well, he's much taller than me. That's easy for yeah, sure.
2: and he'd definitely be able to beat you up like pretty Absolutely. Good, good and proper too. Yeah. Uh, Steven Johnson, obviously part of the illustrious Johnson family. His dad, Dick Johnson, has done it all. Stevie J is currently racing in the Touring Car Masters, and his son, Jet, is an absolute Jet. Jet by name, Jet by nature. He's been racing in TA2, winning in TA2. He's been uh, racing Hyundai Excels, uh, and we've got a heap to ask Stevie J. Right here on the Parked Up podcast, we're powered by Race Fuels. So let's get him on the line. It's Steven Johnson. And it's great to have Steven Johnson on the Parked Up podcast. Stevie J, thanks for coming on. No, welcome. Anytime, guys. Mate, uh, quite a few things that we'd like to talk to you about, but uh, uh, how's things been going anyway? Like, we haven't seen you on track for ages. We haven't seen anyone really on track, but there has been some racing for yourself uh, and your young son, Jet, to to do as well. And he has been doing really well.
1: Yeah, thanks, Grant. He's been, um, I guess it's been a, a bit of a saviour for us to be able to be lucky enough to, to race up here in Queensland. You know, he was able to do a ta2 race i mean you know same with td we both haven't been able to race since sydney motorsport park you know it feels like an eternity ago now when it was when was that td it was back in um april
2: i think april yeah 2015. So i think it was in 2015 that's when
1: it was yeah it feels <laughs> like it was in 2015 uh so jet's been able to do some ta2 testing and racing uh we were able to go to the townsville 2 event um and race up there in the ta2 car and in the tin tops category is a bit of fun and it was just good for him to be able to uh, try and and get a taste of a street circuit before. I mean, we're never, ever able to go to street circuits to practice. You know, they're always built for a championship event and that's when you're normally there. So for him to have the opportunity to go up there, non-championship and practice a track like that was, you know, a a chance we couldn't um, let go of. So we took him up there and um, yeah, since then he's raced another, a two race and uh, at Queensland Raceway and went quite well and then last weekend he raced uh, in the Hyundai XL so uh, which didn't go as good uh, mm-hmm. but um, you know it's always good to make sure that you you're back to reality after a good weekend.
3: How are you adapting to being on the sidelines watching? Are you have you got itchy feet at the moment? You know your young son Jet is getting all the fun in some really cool race cars as well um, and you're just sitting on the side uh, doing the tire pressures for him.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating. He's, he reminds me of that every time he's, uh, uh, he's not backward in coming forward there and, and he's done a lot more racing than, than both of us have this year. So, uh, but it's good, you know, like it it keeps us out there. It's, you know, it's really enjoyable. Um, We love doing it together as a family. We've got some really great people helping us, Um, you know, the Paul Forge's helping engineer him in the TA2 car, um, which is going really well in there. You're starting to work with Paul in a way that you sort of have to, as you know, moving forward in your career, you, you're going to have to start working with an engineer to, to be able to move forward in, in your racing career. So I'm um, his oh, engineer in the XL. It's not going so well. So maybe I need to bring Paul <laughs> along for that. Um, but uh, you know, it's something that I think uh, is definitely been a positive this year in the way that, you know, you've got to take as many positives out of, last year and this year as you can it's been quite negative hasn't it so um, for him to be able to do what he's done um, with regard to you know fairly low-key initial uh, like initial races in the ta2 car um, more like club races because no one from interstate's been able to get here I think it's been fantastic but now it's I think he's ready to now to go to to the ARG events and racing Trans Am and you know he needs to go up against the Setons and the Hearns and the Grices and you know, the Owen Kellys because that's where he's going to learn um, to improve himself, but also learn more as, as a race
3: driver. Those uh, TO2 cars look like a heap of fun. They, they move around a huge amount. Were you you surprised that Jet um, adapted so quickly?
1: I was, you know, because, you know, he's still quite young. He's still closer to 16 than he is 17. Um, So, For him to, you know, I was quite nervous putting him into the TA2 car so early, but he's handled it really, really well. Surprised a lot of us, surprised myself, my dad, and a lot of the guys around, you know, the motorsport sort of community because of he's only really done a handful of XL races uh, in a car. Um, So that in itself, I think, has given us a lot of confidence now into wanting him to, you know, move forward and go harder harder with the the top-level guys and... um, uh, basically trying to, uh, you know, develop what he's got because um, he goes about it the right way. He doesn't seem to be trying to go too far and, and overstepping the mark and then having to bring it back. You know, I, I like how he's he's approaching it slowly, slowly and, and chipping away at it. So it also helps the bank balance too if he doesn't <laughs> overstep the mark and crash the car. But, you know, you're in motorsport, it's going to happen at some stage, but um, we'll just deal with that when it comes.
2: And now we promise we've got some questions about Stephen Johnson coming up real soon. But <laughs> let's uh, let's just finish up with with Jet. There's uh, if if the world goes okay and we get to race at Mount Panorama for the super cheap Auto Bathurst International, uh, Trans Ams will be there. Um, do you think this he'd be re- he'll be ready for uh, his debut at Mount Panorama for that event later this year?
1: Well, I think. Yeah, he will be. I think that, you know, we're definitely planning on trying to, to do that event. You know, let's keep our fingers crossed that um, it's going to happen because, uh, you know, in the lead up to that event, and, and this is another thing that we hope that's going to happen, but we don't know, is, is obviously Challenge Bathurst, which would be a great opportunity for us to take him there to do some laps before that event. Um, so that's the plan. Um, we'd love to take him to Challenge Bathurst for basically a practice weekend. Um, in the TA2, and then uh, to the Bathurst uh, Supercheap Bathurst International for um, for the Trans Am event. You know that would pretty much be his his uh, initiation into into Trans Am, the Trans Am class, and and his first real race well, his first race at Bathurst. So um, you know, we were thinking about taking him there in the XL earlier in the year um, when the uh, the six hour was on, but uh, decided against that for many reasons one being that there was going to be a billion excels there racing and i wasn't exactly sure how many green flag laps that they were eventually going to have over the weekend and it turns out they had about five so it was a mm. good decision not to go um but you know i just think that you go in there in a trans am car um is the perfect thing he's learning in the right car it's a rear-wheel drive car you know yes it's left-hand drive but it's four-speed h pattern you know you you've got to drive it like a supercar so i think um that's definitely something that we're um you know keeping our fingers crossed uh happens and i, I know he's losing sleep over possibly not going there so let's um <laughs> let's stay positive and uh and, and hopefully that event happens
3: now Stevie J, uh last time we caught up on the parked up podcast we were deep in lockdown um all throughout the country um now in Victoria and you know Sydney, there's obviously lots of cases, but you guys have sort of stayed out of most of the harm. Um, but how has lockdown been treating you? I mean, I know you do a lot of driver coaching, and that's how you—that's the source of income for you. Um, and a lot of that stuff has really quietened down. So, how are you keeping yourself busy um, in between time?
1: Yeah, TD it has. It's been really challenging, and you know, more so for, especially for people down in in Victoria, like yourself, and, and especially now in Sydney, just I feel sorry. I've known a lot of people in both states and it's just really hard to see what's going on. And, and you know, I don't think we're really gonna know the extent of the damage Australia and worldwide, not for a while yet, especially when it comes to economies and that sort of stuff, which I don't really understand, but being a small business owner, I know a little bit. And yeah, as you said, our business relies a lot on interstate um, well, I guess being able to travel interstate. So uh, at the moment, you know, we're doing a little bit of restoration work for, um, for a couple of people on some older race cars, like my dad's old 1985 um, Foxbody Mustang, restoring that back so that they can race that in the sort of historic Group A touring cars um, when they're able to be raced again. Um, we've got a couple of road car builds that we're doing a really cool, to a super build that we're, we're building up for, for a customer, um, sort of a road registered slash half race car that is going to be pretty wild. It's going to have probably four figures in, in regard to horsepower. So it's going to be <laughs> well and truly fast. Um, um, and obviously the little bit of racing that jet's been doing. So we've been able to still do that. And I treat the racing, you know, I've got my little team Johnson business that, that does the race side of things and does some does customer work. But, you know, and the racing side for us is separate. So, you know, if I work on Jet's TA2 car or I've only got one employee, so if my, my man Ben works on it, you know, that gets charged to, to our racing fund, you know. So um, I've still got to try to keep cash flow going as everybody does. And um, these little bits are helping, but you're right, like the driver training, the constant interstate, Um, travel that we do doing whether it be Porsche or Audi or whatever whatever mark that we're doing at that time it's just vanished it's gone you know there's been maybe a a few days here and there in Queensland that we've been able to do but you know that's it we've both been sitting on our bums now for two years waiting for it to all get going again so um, we're hurting like everybody but you know what in the end of the day um, there's always somebody worse off than us so we don't complain about it. We just keep going. Um, my family's healthy. My kids are healthy, although I'll pay the butt sometimes. So uh, uh, we'll just, you know, we'll just make sure that, you know, by the end of it, we're still here to, to fight and battle on. So, and, and help others if we can. Oh, mate,
3: I don't know that's... about you, mate, but uh, my backyard has never looked so good. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of time that I spent at home and uh, every weekend, the missus got me doing something. So uh, how's your backyard looking?
1: Well, if you were to come up to Queensland, if you're allowed to, you would see my backyard's not great because all I've been doing is fixing Hyundai XLs, So <laughs> it's uh, it hasn't been ideal for me uh, in regard to the yard. It's looking better than it used to, but um, as I said, we've been pretty lucky to be able to do some racing up here. So fixing some of those uh, crashed cars, if I can call it, has swamped a little bit of time out from, uh, from doing the yard work. So been trying Mm -hmm. to get the missus in there, but she's been too busy selling houses, which has been great. So I'll leave her do (laughs) that.
2: Very good. Uh, Now, True Blue, I saw some social media recently that, uh, and I think it might have been from Jet, who was uh, filming himself while the car was on the back of a trailer. Did it go to a racetrack? Did you get some testing in?
1: No, it didn't go to a racetrack. He was playing a a little bit of a funny bugger there, thinking that he was going to get a drop but the the XD's prepared. It's literally, it's been as prepared as it's ever been. It's looked over and managed and checked over probably a half a dozen times since we last raced at Sydney Motorsport Park. Um, And now it's actually gone to a friend of mine's factory um, on his hoist, not on display, but just basically like your show parked up and uh, (laughs) waiting to go out again. So, um, you know, to get a few customer cars into our small little workshop, I, decided to put the XD into a little bit of a little bit of a home to um, to just sit for maybe two or three weeks and you know we'll see what happens obviously at the end of the year with racing but um, he would dearly love to have a drive of that car and I think that was a ploy to maybe get me to say yeah you can on camera but <laughs> it didn't work so uh, yeah. we'll see uh, we'll see how it goes if he wins a if he wins the race at uh, in the Hyundai XL maybe I'll let him let him have a run in that but um, yeah, you know, he's, he's done the job in the TA2, but now it's time to win some races in the XL, and I might think about it.
2: So, what's the plan with the with your touring car masters XD? We, it, it has been a long break. Will you go out and test beforehand, or you think it's uh, she's good to go? And as soon as we can go racing, the thing will be out into the into the thick of it.
1: No, I think we'll definitely get out and do a test day, um, a test day or two, but obviously our next race is, is marked up to be the, the double headed down at tail and bend um you know to me i'm normally the the optimist and jb or well, dad's normally the optimist jb is normally the pessimist so <laughs> i guess in this way i'm almost siding with jb a little bit and i'm i'm 50 50 whether that's going to actually happen um so i'm going to try to get the xd out um and do some running you know i don't know maybe even i'd love to be able to do something crazy and take it to like the burn Sprints, which is going to be on up here in the next sort of month or so, and just do something different with it. You know, create a little bit of interest, get a bit of social media presence and, and just get, get it back out there for people to see again because, you know, there's so many people hanging to see racing in general, not only just our cars, but racing in general and, uh, um, you know, hoping that that tail and bend double-headed goes ahead. But, um, you know, at the moment, you know, we're all just really unsure what's happening and anything can change in a minute's notice.
3: Well, Grant, do you have any background on that? Because you're in the same office as where these decisions get made.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Surely you know something.
2: <clears throat> oh, this uh, we're talking about the bent? Yeah, look, I guess this office or ARG. Look, even supercars. You know, they don't know when when they're going racing next, and it's got uh, nothing to do with uh, with with our business or Motorsport Australia or supercars. You know, we we all sit and watch the same news reports more in the morning and at night and that can generally give you a bit of an idea about such a politician,
3: such a politician. Far
2: from it, far from it. Hey, uh,
3: I know you guys have got a pretty cool simulator up there and you're pretty handy on it. Um, Is there any chance that we might see yourself or Jet doing some supercar E-series?
1: Maybe, maybe. I think Jet's pretty keen, Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things you know what it's like i mean it's you got to be i might have to get anton over here to help set it up our yeah so that it's nice and fast we we've definitely got a little different sim and i had the same as what you had last time i had a little mm. little hyper that i barely fit in so so now actually i can turn it around you might be able to see it you can see it oh, there. Look at oh it. wow nice so we've got a pretty Simworks. cool sim work simulator there that's um uh it's been fantastic you know just. Spend a lot of time in it. We've both spent a little bit of time. Well, I've spent a little bit of time in it. He keeps hogging it. So, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's fantastic. It's really good. And I think it's really helped him before he got into the TA2 car. He spent a lot of time on this car, downloaded Queensland Raceway, spent a lot of time practicing, even though the shifter's on the left, whereas in the TA2 car, it's on the right. Practicing his gear changing, his heel-toe and getting all that ready. So that, that's been a, a massive... Um, I, I guess, uh, an improvement and a learning curve for him to be able to get to the track and put it to practice. Um, mm-hmm. But love to do some E-Series stuff and, um, you know, getting in and doing Chang Van Gisbergen does quite a few um, leagues that we race in and two driver race leagues that we're, we're having a bit of fun in too. So, yeah, we're sort of getting out there, doing a bit. We might even um, do a few more of the um, SVG, Stevie J and Scotty Pye sort of Races that we were doing after the E Series last year, and yes, uh, please do it. Yeah, and and get on Twitch and film all that. Everyone seemed to love that, so I think we'll, uh, you know, now that I've got the Hyundai back and I'll just pull it apart and, and I'll I'll wait for the new bits to arrive. I'll have a little bit of time to get on to the gym and have a bit of fun.
2: <laughs> awesome. Uh, while we can't uh, go proper racing, it's the uh, it's the closest we've got. Um, hey, let me uh, let me pose something to you. Now, Greg Murphy and Russell Ingall. Are uh, coming back for the Bathurst 1000. You're you're probably a, a, a like similar vintage, but you're a little bit younger than those guys, of course. But you you all started in supercars around the same time. You were you were quite a bit younger. When is the Stevie J wildcard going to uh, come to the Bathurst 1000? <laughs> come on, let's go.
1: Well, I don't know. I don't know if I've, uh, I don't know if I've got that much energy anymore, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> hey, it's just one race. It I is a I one, race.
3: If the opportunity was there, you would jump at it.
1: Yeah, you know, I would need, I would definitely need 12 months notice. I would need 12 months to get myself ready at least. But, um, you know, it would be quite fun and it would be quite a challenge to to get back in. You know, these, the cars now and, and, you know, you can attest to that TD that, you know, that they are quite different. Um, But that the, the intensity is just so much higher. It just seems to ramp up every year. And uh, even though I, you know, jumped in a in a supercar, wasn't that long ago. I think it was 2019, 2020. Yeah. I can't remember early 2020 when I did a bit of a test for supercars the fly-by-wire throttle system. Um, yeah, it was pretty quick. You know, we were quick um, on the day. Brock Feeney had a drive of it the same day. Um, you know, and we, we know that he sort of, possibly tainted to be the, 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 replacement for Jamie. So it's um, um, you know, it was quite, and I was fast at him by the way. I just mentioned that. that you funny,
2: there you go. Perfect. <laughs> did you, did you remind Roland of this before, <laughs> uh, before he signed up rock?
1: I might, I should, uh, I should actually let him know. I didn't actually think about that, but um, <laughs> um, he, he tends to seem to talk to jet a lot when he's, when they're both racing the XL. So I don't know whether Roland's got a, like a long-term ploy there or not, but I just told Jet just to be very wary of who he's speaking to and what they're saying.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: nice. Oh, very good. Well, so uh, do you think something like Gen 3... 3- could potentially help the cause there? Like you were talking about how the, you know, the intensity is really high. And, and look, any time you go to the 1,000, you've done enough of those to know that, you know, that's that's the race. It's the pressure race. It's the one yeah. that everyone wants to win and, um, and and our most popular and famous race. So the pressure is always going to be there for that event. But do you think Gen 3 might be, uh, might, you know, just make an easier pathway for things like that? Because I'm just thinking a, another... Johnson & Johnson entry in the 1,000 would be uh, it would be pretty cool for the history books. Of course, we've seen yourself and your dad do it back in, in 99, which was really cool. We saw the Richards do it, uh, you know, just a, a couple of years earlier than, the, than that, but we haven't seen it since. You guys are the best opportunity to do this.
1: Yeah, you know, looking at the Gen 3 roll cage structure, I don't know if I'd actually fit through the window to get into the driving compartment, so... <laughs> It's going to have to change. i might have to get in through the roof vent, uh, the roof hatch. But um, <laughs> it would be really cool to do. You know, we, Chad and I did do a uh, a Hyundai race together down at Winton at the end of 2019, and that was that was a really cool moment. Just sharing that with your boy, and um, um obviously it would be a, a much bigger scale and 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 different doing it on the stage at Bathurst in a in a you know a Gen Three supercar. But you know, I guess in this day and age, you've you've sort of Never say never. I don't think because um, a lot of things can change, and you know, if the opportunity arose and all the stars aligned, I think it'd be quite cool to do. But um, you know, I I think there's a lot of water to flow under that Gen 3 bridge just yet, and uh, quite interesting to see where it ends up, especially mid-year next year. So you just never know where it's going to be. But um, yeah, yeah, like with anything, we never say never. You know, the good thing that. From my point of view is that I've been racing up until you know, even you know, April this year. But um feels like an attorney that I haven't raced, but even I've still been in the car, still been doing some competitive racing. Um, unlike Murph, you know, I guess, and, and Richie Stanaway, who pretty much just stopped and hadn't haven't been doing it for quite a number of years. But um at least I've been still still doing a little bit of driving and um uh, and even that driver training that I do you're still getting behind the wheel you're still doing some fast driving you're still trying to you know perfect that skill um, while you're teaching others as well so um, you know I think it for me to get back into the seat to do it um, wouldn't be easy but I don't think it'd be as big a step as what it would be as if say you know you get DJ back in the seat because you know he still knows how to drive and all that but it's just that that competitive that muscle memory will come back but you know, how quick is it going to come back? So I think that's in my advantage that I've still been competitive driving, even though I've, you know, finished supercars, um, you know, quite a number of years ago now.
2: Oh, man, we'd, uh, we'd absolutely love to see it. But, um, um, yeah, so just make it happen, please. Thank you. Okay. No worries. <laughs> Too easy.
1: Anyone come on board and help that happen? <laughs>
2: All right, Stevie J, thank you so much for your time on the Parked Up podcast. We can't wait to see you back. Uh, you and your son at a racetrack, uh, and it's just going to be a—it's uh, going to be good to see your faces again.
1: Yeah, thanks, mate. And you know, TD, you don't have any to worry. He's way taller than you, so he's not going to fit in your car or your seat. And he hasn't fit in your seat in in your race suit anymore either, so you're safe there, mate. <laughs> can I have it back now? <laughs> yeah, no problem, no problem. Actually, it might fit Lacey, my daughter, so maybe, you know, maybe, maybe there is a another Johnson coming through because I think I think she's a very competitive young girl. I think she'd actually go pretty good behind the wheel, but um, you know, I can only afford to put one of them in a race car, so the other one has got to do something else.
3: <laughs> nice, mate.
2: Nice. Cool, mate. Thank you. Well, no worries. And thank you, Stephen Johnson for joining us on the Parked Up podcast. Tony D, that uh, almost might be the end of our show, except we should mention the winner of our little competition that uh, I put up with about two hours before the Formula One race was supposed to start on our Facebook page. We are the, the podcast that gives back to the people. The podcast for the people is what we call ourselves. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't. I don't think anyone else uh, calls us that, but we call ourselves the the podcast for the people. So we ran a little competition on Sunday night. All you had to do was go on our Facebook page and and uh, nominate first, second, and third. First, second, and third finishes at the Belgium Grand Prix. Of course, the race only ran for two laps under safety car, so the podium was effectively the qualifying order. So it was. Uh, Max Verstappen, George Russell in the Williams, amazing, and Lewis Hamilton, who finished in third. Uh, And the closest to the mark was a young lad called Chris Mills. I actually went to school with him back in the day. Big parked up, young, big parked up fan. Made forty years young. Thank you very much. But anyway, he put uh, he put Max and George P one and P two. He had Danny Rick in third, but uh, he was the only one to have the top two. So that gets
3: him the goodies. And Tony D, tell us what he wins. He wins an amazing Logitech prize, a giveaway that was sort of given to me um, for me, but I didn't need it. So I thought I'd give it to you. Um, It's an amazing Logitech hat, big Mm -hmm. flat peaker, bright blue flat peaker. Chris is going to look fantastic in this. And a Logitech True Force um, T-shirt. It's an Great. extra small. No, small. I think it's a small. So hopefully- Yeah, no,
2: Chris, uh, no he's, he's, a, he's a pretty pint-sized. Okay, it'll, good. Yep. Yeah, it'll, it'll work
3: out a treat. All right. So Chris, what we want to do is we'll send you the gifts, but we want to get a photo of you wearing the Logitech gear, barracking mm-hmm. for me on the Supercar E-Series. Perfect. Okay. Done. Cause does
2: that mean that you shouldn't be in the fence after the first three hundred meters of racing? I told then?
3: you I told you not to mention that, Grant. I told you. <laughs> Let's talk about that. We're actually That's not in the news. We should not in the news. We
2: should have brought it up in the news, but you told me not to talk about it. But we're right at the end of the pod, the pod. And usually like people will listen to the news, find out what's going yeah, on, and they'll, listen they'll, they'll to the, the nice feature, out. and then they've shut it down. So effectively yep. it's only my dad and your mum listening right now. <laughs> So let's, let's quickly give us a summation of round one of the Cash Converter Supercars E-Series. You're racing a Ford Mustang supported by Logitech,
3: and it went very poorly. It did, unfortunately. Um, we had a few little dramas during the night just trying to get set up, and I won't say that you were there, but you were there um I was, doing, and I was doing the
2: inst- I did the uh the parked up instagram and it was going oh yeah it was
3: essential it was essential um and so i sat we, we i basically got on the computer about 4 30 i think it was and the race was until 8 yeah. 30 so hours and hours of prep and finally we we got it all happening got it done qualified about mid-pack and then The guys from Logitech that are spotting for me in the race, they're talking to me in my ear prior to the race. And they said, let's just take it easy. Stay out of the carnage. There's going to be heaps of carnage, mate. So just, you know, be smart. Even if you're a bit slower, it doesn't matter. Let's just finish the race and you'll pick up a ton of spots, like just staying out of trouble. And I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. That is what I'm going to do. Anyway, it's a rolling start. Green light goes and the car in front of me basically didn't go. So I'm like, right, we're on. I'm, I'm coming down the inside, I'm gonna get you. So I got a big run on the car in front. The car in, beside me decided he wanted just to move up a little bit on, on, the, on the road, a little bit to the right. And that made things very tight for me, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically 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 got sandwiched in between my car on the inside and the car I was trying to go around on the, the top line there. And it fed me into the fence. And this was all within about maybe 150, 200 meters into the race. So I was out already. That was it. That was basically it. And then Mm -hmm. we just circulated three laps down and finished like 16th or something.
2: I I think you actually peeled back a lap as well. I thought, shit, you're in it. You're going to be in it. You're going to get all these laps back.
3: But no, you did not. Nah, did look, if we, I, I think if we knew the rules a little bit better, they did do like a wave around under a safety car and you can pick up one lap, but we weren't getting called over the over the radio, so we didn't go. But I think technically we could have gone and maybe picked up another lap. But yeah, really the damage was done. I tell you what, there's so much carnage, and most of the time it's somebody else has had a shunt and you just you just caught up in it and we saw a little days of thunder moment during the race, which I put on my uh, Instagram story that the Logitech boys actually put together for me. Um, it's absolutely hilarious. Like yeah. I, I couldn't have actually done, got through it myself. Like it was pure fluke. Like the, you know, the it just opened up and through I went. Yeah. Um, lots of moments like that. Huge amount of fun. And it was was cool to be part, or is cool to be part of the the Supercar E-Series. They do such a good job, honestly. It's so good. The telecast is amazing. Um, So, yeah, another race this week, Wednesday night at Pocono. I've got to actually get off this call very soon because I've got to go and do some practice.
2: Okay, very good. Well, tune in to the Parked Up uh, Instagram page. I might be there. Maybe It might be me. It could be Steph. could get Oscar to do it. But someone will be looking after the parked-up Instagram. Uh, join the conversation with, uh, with Tony D. Uh, we'll, we'll run some funny stuff. We'll run some serious stuff. Uh, and, of course, that's all thanks to Logitech G. And it's amazing true force powers that did absolutely nothing to help Tony D on Wednesday. Absolutely nothing. All right. That's it. Come on. Let's go. Let's get out Uh, of here. That was episode 73, and we'll definitely uh, speak to you all next week. See you, mate.